When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. We are continuing our celebration of horror with a discussion about Stephen King. So we're going to talk about books and also adaptations. So this should be fun. It's just me and Paula. Uh, Just a quick housekeeping note. Of course, we have a Patreon now. So we are accepting Patreon subscriptions. Accepting. That sounds weird. Like we weren't accepting them before or something. But I want to make an announcement. Our Lucifer episode, our first one, we've done two Lucifer episodes. Because of the series ending, our Lucifer episode numbers have have drastically like just skyrocketed in the past couple of weeks. So because of that, we are going to be doing a special Lucifer episode. We're going to do that first instead of the Stand By Me episode that we've been talking about. And this is going to be a subscriber-only episode. You will get a little preview on the regular podcast, but this is only going to be for Patreon subscribers. So you want to get over there and subscribe so that you can get access to this. It's going to be five panelists and me. So it's going to be a little insane. (laughs) And two of those panelists are Megan Carla. So you know it's going to be about a 10-hour episode. That'll be awesome. (laughs) It's going to be insane. So we're going to just do one just talking about the final season. So that'll be a lot of fun. Okay. So Paula, what are you into right now? Oh, I actually just finally watched werewolves within it was great i loved it (laughs) yay yay as everyone knows we are fans of josh rubin on this podcast oh yes so yes anything josh rubin does we support so yeah we 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 are his number one fans not in a creepy weird way no (laughs) (laughs) not not in the misery way see see how it segues into our subject yes yes No, I, I, I loved Werewolves Within. We did we went as a group, and unfortunately, Paula couldn't go at that time, but we went as a group to go see it as a podcast group in the theater, yeah. and it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, it's yeah. funny. So, definitely, I think it's on sale, actually, right now to buy, too. So, definitely go out there. I don't know if it still will be by the time this drops, but yeah. go and rent that. Support that film. Support Josh. And one day, Josh will make his Darkman movie. Putting it that out in the universe again. That's oh, his that dream project. Awesome. That's his dream. So that putting that fantastic. out there. <laughs> that needs <laughs> that to happen. happen. Yes. See, it needs to happen. Universe. <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he, Josh is very supportive of, of female filmmakers and women behind the scenes, in front of the camera, everything like that. He deserves all the success in the world. So it couldn't have happened to a nicer person. So I'm very happy for him. I'm into Lucifer. I actually got a chance to watch it. I, I'll save my thoughts for the special podcast episode. I, I have my thoughts and feelings. That's all I'm going to say. But I'm into Tom Ellis. I just, I, I love Who Tom isn't? Ellis. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that guy, yes, he's, he's just, he's a great singer. He's a good actor. He's sexy as hell. I, I just, yeah, he's fun. He's nice to watch. And I'm so glad that show moved to Netflix because it was nice to be able to get some, some butt shots and, you know. <laughs> I need to catch up. (laughs) Yeah, catch up, Paula. (laughs) You'll get to see what I'm talking about. Right? (laughs) Okay, so we're going to get into Stephen King now. And I do want to warn our listeners. Okay, I'm going to try and keep this as a very nice episode to Stephen King. But I have said before, 
that I prefer Dean Koontz over Stephen King because I do have I sometimes I think Stephen King gets a little boring. But I'm still excited to talk about this because I think, especially the adaptations, because I think the adaptations of Stephen King novels and novellas have been done so much better than a lot of others have been personally. I know some people think it's either hit or miss, but I actually think his overall are pretty good. So I am excited to talk about this. And there are some books of his that I do genuinely like a lot. So this should be fun. So I want to start off, Paula. So what was the first book you ever read of Stephen King? Pet Cemetery. Same. The very first one that I can remember reading. <laughs> That's the same for me. Did you? So did you love it? It freaked me out, and it was weird because I went from I read the book, then I watched the movie, and then I watched it, or I read it, and then I watched the movie. <laughs> so and and um, I haven't read or watched either one of them since. Because <laughs> look, just at least in the movie, just. Little kids in horror movies are just creepy as hell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's just, you know. So, but yeah, that was the first one. And uh, it was good. I, I I have been meaning to go back and, and watch the movie again. I don't know if I want to read the book again, but I definitely want to see the movie again <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Didn't they, um, didn't they remake it they did. as well? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that one was any good or not, but. I think I'm one of the only people in the world that actually liked it. Must be okay. <laughs> It, it'd be yeah. it'd be interesting to see them both just to yeah know, there, compare. there's there's a big change and I won't say it because I don't want to spoil anything but there's a big change in the remake of it from the original like and that's one thing that a lot of people had an issue with so okay. that's I'm not fair. gonna say what it is because I don't want you to be spoiled okay I I thought it was good but it, but I understand why people wouldn't like it but I frankly liked it so. But okay. yeah, yeah. Pet Cemetery was the same for me. And what's interesting about that, and I think I've shared this story before on here, is I finished Pet Cemetery. I was a little kid, so I really should not have been, you know, but if, like I've said, I've been watching horror since I was like five or six years old. Right. Um, <laughs> and I saw Poltergeist when I was like eight. Yeah, my babysitter showed me Poltergeist. My parents let me watch Your it. parents did? Yeah, my mom would have never because my mom doesn't do horror, but... Yeah, my dad would have. My dad used to show me horror movies all the time. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember when my dad showed me Alien for the first time. And I was like about eight years old probably or something. And I was like, I don't want my dad to know that I'm scared. I don't want to be terrified. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, we weren't we were not really like um, there were weren't really any off limits movies when we were kids. Like if there was a lot yeah. of like bad language or sex scenes, I either had to close my eyes or cover my ears or they made me leave the room for like five minutes and then I could come <laughs> back in and watch the movie. But other than that, they never, you know, I could watch yeah. whatever they were watching. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had, I, you know, I had pretty, not free reign, I wouldn't say, but like I said, I was watching horror movies and I don't know if my mom was aware of all the horror movies I was watching, but because she doesn't do that, but yeah, yeah. But, but with Pet Cemetery, what happened is I knew the movie was coming out and I, when I was younger, I used to read a lot more than I do now. And I miss reading. I mean, I used to like set aside time in the morning before I went to school to read. <laughs> That's how much I read. And I read Pet Cemetery right before the original movie came out. And I went to go set, see Pet Cemetery in the theater. And then it, this is actually a sad story. So I'm sorry. And then like right after that came home and like my dog had to be put to sleep that night. So it was this oh, no. weird thing of like reading Pet Cemetery, watching Pet Cemetery, and then having to put my dog to sleep. Yeah. Oh. So it's so even though I, I like the movie a lot and I actually like that book a lot. It's like this heartbreaking little tie-in for me. Yeah, where it's like our first dog. That was our first dog and smartest dog I've ever known still to this day, Sandy. And yeah, so yeah, so that was a sad story tied to it. And I love the original I, a movie. And we'll, we'll talk about that later with the adaptations. But I think that's a really good book. So I'm glad I started with that. Okay, so let's get into favorite books. So what are your favorite Stephen King books? like? top three so my favorites i really liked the dark tower series like the whole series there was i mean there was some parts through there that kind of were kind of a slog to get through but overall i really i really liked what he did with that whole series um it was kind of fun to see how he tied all of his other books into yeah. it that was fun even though i wasn't familiar with all the books i remember just i'd be reading the books and i was like 
I think that might be something from something else. So I'd get online and I'd look it up to see how it tied in. So that was uh-huh. kind of, it was kind of a fun little treasure hunt kind of, kind of a thing. <laughs> I I really liked the stand. That was, um, that was another one that I, one of, <laughs> one of, one of the genres that I really like is actually more like post-apocalyptic fiction. <laughs> so that fits <laughs> right in with, with what I read a lot of. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, definitely. Um and then um I just recently read um 112263 which was not horror. Hmm. It it's it's more of a time travel. Hmm. I don't want to I don't want to give away too much of the plot. Um but it was more time travel. This guy goes back and he's basically trying to stop the Kennedy assassination. Oh, okay. And there's a lot of lead up to that. But it was it was actually fascinating, and there was actually a scene in that book. I never thought I'd be able to say this about a Stephen King book, but that that there was one particular scene that actually made me cry, <laughs> which was uh, kind of a huge deal. But yeah, so those those um I think are probably my my top three three favorite books or or in our series that he's done. <laughs> awesome, yeah, and you know I've tried with the stand. I should try it again because. I know that that was like my dad's favorite book. And so mm-hmm. he was always like, you've got to read this book. And I would try and I just, I couldn't get through it. I don't know. It was something about it that would bore me a little bit, but I should try it again. Well, I mean, I will say this. He does have a habit of taking an entire chapter to say what he could do in a paragraph or two. <laughs> Thank you. That's my biggest issue with his books. Yeah. And when I, when I originally read The Stand, I I was in this mindset of I, I hated abridged versions of books because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, why are we cutting out anything that the author put in there? Mm-hmm. So I borrowed my dad's copy of the unabridged version, which added another 360 pages, oh, I think. Whoa. <laughs> and now I'm of the opinion of, yeah, we could have we could have done without those. It wasn't really necessary to add all of that back yeah. in. The the editors were right. <laughs> that needed to be cut. Abridged versions are are fine sometimes. <laughs> so if you do read it, go with the abridged version. It's it's totally fine. You're not going to miss anything important. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. That's good yeah. to know. Someday I will, you know, whenever I get a free moment which i don't know when that's gonna happen but someday i will <laughs> right <laughs> or just watch the original miniseries because it's pretty yeah. close to the book yeah and i didn't i didn't watch the new one no don't bother but yeah that's what i've heard that's what yeah. i've heard except for that james marsden isn't he in yeah it? he was great the the yeah. the actors were great and some of the characters the the way that they um portrayed those characters were mm-hmm. great that's not my complaint with that my complaint is the book and the original miniseries was told in a very linear fashion and the mm-hmm. new miniseries jumped back and forth so badly that even even people that knew the story were going what's going on <laughs> it it was very disjointed and could be very confusing and i i i don't know if that was just an editing thing or if it was just the way they decided to tell it but i just it it was not it was not good and that was not any fault of the actors at all because like i said they the the the, for the most part the actors that they that they chose and the the way they portrayed their characters were great but i don't think that the way they filmed it was the best they could have done and i know they're probably just doing that maybe to, to just separate themselves from the original but i didn't think it worked at all yeah, that's what I've heard. I heard it's not, yeah, it's not worth it. So, well, for me, my three favorite are Pets. I think Pet Cemetery is actually a really, really good novel. And that's why I said I'm glad I started with that one because uh, I really enjoyed it. I think Misery is an excellent novel. And I and the changes they made in the movie, which we'll, I'm sure we will get to that that movie soon, I, I was okay with. but I, And I thought, I just think that book is excellent. I think that book is just really one of the best horror novels I have ever read, honestly. And I'm very critical of Stephen King. So that should tell you something. And then the other one is, okay, even though I think the adaptation of this is better, and I I think I mentioned this in our book adaptations episode, I think the novel Christine is really good too, um, with the car. I think that one's really good. I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people get 
story crap, but I, I love that story. I love that movie. I, yeah. So those, those are my favorite. Those are my top three for sure. Like those are ones I could definitely see myself revisiting and reading again and enjoying again. So yeah, I really, really, really like those books actually a lot, like a great deal. I think those are some of the best horror novels ever written, honestly. So now we're going to get into the ones we don't like. (laughs) And we're going to disagree on one. (laughs) Oh, she's going to list one of my favorites. Yeah. Favorites. I'm wondering which one it's going to be. Oh. Okay. So Paula. (laughs) Okay. So (sighs) misery was on my least favorite list. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like it's gonna be maybe it's gonna be Christine, but no. no. And and it was I mean, I, I liked the story idea and I and I I can't I know I've seen at least part of the movie and I and I enjoyed the story, I enjoyed what I saw of the movie, but mm-hmm. I had a hard time getting through the book because again, like I said before, he has a very roundabout way of getting to the point of things. And that just made it really hard mm-hmm. for me to get through that book. And that's that's the only reason why I put it on my least favorite. It's not the saying that I dislike the book or the story, but that would be on the bottom of my list. Uh, Goodbye. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. I'm now totally I'm kidding. It's okay. Totally kidding. <laughs> Lissy's story was another one that I I read several years ago, and that one. I just remember that one just being very bizarre and I don't remember enjoying that one as much. I can't really remember much else about it. Cause I, I just, I didn't really like it that much. Um, I don't know anything about one, that one. Sorry. Yeah. It's, you there. it's no, it's, it's the only, uh, yeah, I just, I, I can't really, I, I don't really want to say too much other, <laughs> too much more about that one. Cause like I said, I, I don't really remember anything else about it except for the fact that I just I just didn't really like it that much maybe I need to maybe I need to revisit that one and see see how I like it now but um and then I've been trying to do he 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 wrote um he wrote a book uh with his son Owen called Sleeping Beauties Hmm. and I am I'm still trying to get through it and I'm just not getting drawn into the story because again he either he either takes you know this very circuitous route to get to a point or he takes forever to get the story going sometimes. And Mm -hmm. that's the problem I'm having with this book where we're taking forever to get the plot going. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm finding, I'm I'm listening to the audio book because that's how I consume a lot of my books now. And I find my mind just wandering as I'm listening to it. And then it's like, okay, wait, what just happened? I don't, I don't care. We'll just, I'm sure they'll (laughs) touch back on that later. Some, somehow. So yeah. So I'd say that's another one that I'm not really, I'll, I'll probably, I'll finish it, but I'm not really enjoying it right now. <laughs> so, huh. yeah. And I mean, I, I know I'm being kind of critical of his work, but it's not that I don't enjoy his story ideas. I enjoy his movies, the, the movies that they do of the adaptations. Mm, me too. And, um, but I think that's just because they're able to edit it down. <laughs> <laughs> cut yep. out a lot of that extra fluff that you don't really need <laughs> to tell the story. So mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's my issue with Stephen King is I I think a lot of his stories are really excellent stories. Yeah. At the heart of them. There's really great stories there. Even his ones that aren't horror, like, you know, the Shawshank Redemption, which isn't called the Shawshank Redemption, but and um that was called Rita Hay- Hayworth and wasn't it Rita Hayworth and that's something I can't remember. I don't remember. But I think it's something and then of course the body which became stand by me and mm-hmm. and and the green mile and all that. So there are you know great stories in there. It's just I agree. It's like he he has a hard time, you know, because there's that saying in writing, you kill your babies, you kill mm-hmm. your favorite kids. And he has a real hard time doing that, I think. Yeah. I think he has a hard time editing himself down. And I'm not saying he's a bad writer because he's not a bad writer. You no, can never say Stephen King is a bad writer. Oh, absolutely Even if you not. don't like his books, there's no way you can honestly say that. It's just, I do agree. That's why, like, honestly, the three that I listed as my favorite are, I will be frank here, are 
really the only ones of his that I've really enjoyed reading. And so, you know, I'm just going to say, you know, the stand I already mentioned, I don't really, this is going to be something that people are going to hate me for because I know people love this movie too. I'm not a fan of Carrie and I'm not a fan of the movie version either. I haven't you know, seen or read the, read the oh, story. Really? Yeah. You've never seen the original Carrie. Wow, no, I haven't. Me. I mean, really it's something that usually would appeal to me, but I don't know why. And I've watched it more than once. I actually, like I admitted on one of ours, I actually like Rage, uh, Carrie 2, <laughs> the sequel one that everybody <laughs> hates. I actually kind of like it. And some of the remakes are okay. I just, and, and it's nothing to do because Sissy Spacek is amazing in it. All the performances are amazing. The end scene, the end jump scare is really, truly scary. I just, I don't know what it is about that movie and the story that I just can never connect to. Um, right. And I'm talking about the original. So that that one definitely in the stand. So I'm just going to say those because like I said, it's I pretty much could name any other one. And that's why it was so weird when I first put this on the schedule because I was like, Aaron, why are you doing this? But I do like talking about his work because I think there have been so many great movies made from his work. And I still, like I said, the top three I listed are, th are three of my favorite horror novels. Yeah. You know, maybe one day Paula will realize her error of the error. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just, I agree. I think that's what it is. That's my issue is it's like, he takes too long to get to something. He doesn't mm -hmm. end himself. This is why I like Dean Koontz more because Dean Koontz to me, it, Dean Koontz is my favorite writer. So spoiler, um, I know a lot of people have problems with Dean Koontz. I love Dean Koontz books. And what I love about Dean Koontz books is he gets to the point really quickly. The story starts mm -hmm. right away and he he draws these characters. He writes these characters that are so amazing. And this is probably why I think on the, the flip side, I think almost all of the adaptations of Dean Koontz books are awful. I think the majority of them are horrible. Some are good or okay, but the majority are not good. Whereas I think Stephen King adaptations are sometimes better than the books. So <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting little thing there. And I, but Dean Koontz to me writes some of the scariest villains ever, ever. I mean, scarier than any horror movie. And he also, you know, always includes dogs very pre are very prevalent in a lot of his because he loves dogs so much. And so I love that about that too, because of that. So not to bring Dean Koontz up too much. I'm just saying comparatively, <laughs> sure, I always, yeah. because people compare the two all the time and people are always like, well, Dean Koontz is far inferior to Stephen King, but that's why next year. I think that's just Dean a personal Koontz, so. preference, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, but like I said, Stephen King, I would never say is a bad writer. He knows yeah. how to write. He knows how to create characters and create interesting stories. And of course, mm -hmm you know, they lead to movie adaptations, which is going to be our next thing to talk about. Um, and before we talk about that, I want to first say we did do a poll and we did a poll about your favorite adaptations. And I put in there, Carrie, The Stand, which I'm going to, we're going to talk about The Stand a little bit because, I mean, not The Stand, I'm sorry, The Shining, the because Shining. we're going to talk about that a little bit because as everybody knows, um, Stephen King hates the original adaptation of The Shining. <laughs> Interesting. Well, because since it's so far away from his book, you know, he doesn't. Oh, OK. Yeah, he's, he's never liked it. And then the other one I put in there was uh, it. And it could have been any version of it. And then I said other. So it was pretty much a tie between Carrie and yeah, it was a tie between it and Carrie. Sorry, not. Um, and then also the other Erin, she commented and she mentioned Pet Cemetery. So she said it was a hard, it was hard for her to decide between choosing Other and saying the original adaptation of Pet Cemetery or saying mm -hmm. Carrie. So Paula, yes. what are three of your favorite adaptations of Stephen King novels? Stand by Me is probably my mm -hmm. absolute favorite, and I just finished listening to the audiobook today. Aww. Love that story. <laughs> the original stand miniseries. And this one's going to be, uh, not a lot of people are going to agree with me on this one, but I actually liked the Dark Tower movie. Oh, really? Everybody hated it. And I think the reason why everybody hated it was because they were actually expecting it to be the first book. And it wasn't meant to be the first book. That entire series was meant to be a cycle. And the Dark Tower movie was supposed to be the next cycle in the series. Okay. And I think when people went to see it, 
that's not what they were expecting. That's not what they wanted. So they just hated it. If And so I went in, I, I didn't see it when it came out in theaters because I heard everybody hated it. It was stupid. It was horrible. But I'm like, but Idris Elba. Well, I yeah. Mean, come on. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I heard how bad it was. So I didn't go see it because I didn't want to be so disappointed. And then I started reading up on it. And I just recently watched it a few weeks ago. And I was like, okay, I can see why everybody hated it. But it's not bad. I kind of like it because I see what they were doing and they were setting up the next cycle, which was supposed to be a series, a television series or a mini series. And I think because it got so badly hated, they canceled the series, which is kind of sad because that was supposed to be the final cycle Mm -hmm. of the of the whole thing. Yeah. And then honorable mention, because I haven't actually read the story, but Green Mile. <laughs> that was a fantastic yeah. movie that makes me cry every time. But yeah, like we said on our book adaptations episode, if you don't cry at that movie, you don't have a heart. <laughs> right. You know, I'm just I'm just going to say this because I, I think I think honestly, and this might get me some hate, but I actually think his non horror stories are his better stories. I think actually there might be a lot of people that would agree with you on that. Honestly. I just I think I just I think they're better. And I think those are the ones that he doesn't taking so long to get to the point or, or, you know, expounding too much on what he's saying. I think those books, those stories are just more concise for whatever reason mm-hmm. than the horror books. And they're just I think they're better, better told stories. No, make, no, that makes sense. Well, I know Paul, I guess Paula maybe doesn't even like the adaptation of it, but Misery, I think, is one of the best. Did you like the adaptation of that at least? What I I haven't seen the whole movie, but what I have seen I did like. Yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. My job. <laughs> I know. Cuz let me say let me tell you. Well, cuz I again, I listened to the audiobook and the whole time it's James Conn and, and Kathy Bates in yeah. my head in those characterizations. So <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I think Misery was great. And I'll just try and name ones that Paula didn't name because I would name all the well probably not the stand miniseries but i would name the other two for sure stand by me and green mile i think those are those are excellent um as is shawshank so i'm not going to name those i'll just stick with the horror on mine just to spread it out a little but yeah misery for sure i think christine is an absolutely wonderful amazing film i will defend that film forever i know people hate that movie i love that movie i think it is excellent I think John Carpenter did an amazing job. It's an amazing skill and an amazing feat to make a movie about a car that kills people. Pretty incredible. Right. And and to make it, in my opinion, kind of scary. And maybe it's scary to me because I saw it when I was young, but I still think it's, it's a, I still think it holds up. So I think that's really good. I think recently one of the best horror movies to come out in the last decade, because Mike Flanagan, I wanted to say Mike Flanagan is one of the best horror graders around today and he does really good Stephen King adaptations like Gerald's Game which is a movie I could never watch again but it's really good but he did Dr. Sleep which is the sequel to The Shining and I think Dr. Sleep is an amazing amazing movie I think Rose the Hat is one of the most terrifying villains I've ever seen on screen I think Ewan McGregor is amazing in the movie I think and I should have written her name down the girl who plays the little girl is really good too. I did you see this movie? No, I I, I need, need to, to see that one. It is so so good. It's on HBO Max right now, I think. Okay, and I think it's actually the director's cut. Uh, but it's Even it's better. yeah, it's it's so good. It's so 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 good. And I remember when I I saw it with my sister, and when it was over, my sister's like, "That is one of the best movies I have seen in a long long time." I just think it's just amazing. Hands down. So I so I had to mention that one. So those those are my three. I definitely would give, you know, like I think the new I think the old it and the new it, I think they're both good. Of course, Tim Curry will always be the better. Oh <laughs> version. I mean, Tim, anything that Tim Curry has done is hard to beat. <laughs> yeah, but I but I still think that um I hope that I played that. He's one of those scars guards. I was gonna say one of the scars guards. <laughs> what the heck is this? I I still think he was really good. And I think Bill Hader was amazing <laughs> in the second one i thought bill Hader was incredible as the grown-up version so you know i think those are good and and you know we're i want to just talk about the shining briefly just because 
The Shining is an interesting movie to look at because it's considered a classic horror movie. We we are in Colorado, and I just want to say I have never been to the Stanley. Have you ever been to the Stanley? I haven't been inside. No, I I want to. <laughs> I know. Well, actually, Bruce, they do ghost they do ghost tours there yeah, all the time, mm-hmm. and that would be fun to do. But yeah, I I've never been. I want to, Bruce Campbell. They're having a Bruce Fest coming oh, soon, and I no. wish it wasn't so expensive because right now I don't have very much disposable funds at the moment. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because I know. Everything goes to this. That uh, would but be amazing to go oh, to. Yeah, I would love to go to that. But anyway, but as people may famously know. Stephen King is not a fan of Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. He, of course, went on to remake The Shining as a TV miniseries. And Stephen King was very much involved in that one. He was not involved in Stanley Kubrick's version. I recently saw The Shining on the big screen before COVID. So it was, I think it was like in 2019 that I saw it on, on the big screen because they were bringing it back. It was right before Dr. Sleep. And... I, I still think it's really good. I think it's terrifying. I think, you know, Jack Nicholson is great and superb. And I think Shelley Duvall is amazing, even though she was treated horrendously Horribly. by Stanley Kubrick. I mean, Stanley Kubrick was not a nice director. Mm-hmm. And he was notorious for taking forever because he would do shot after shot after shot and exhaust everybody. So I want to know... What are your thoughts on The Shining? And do you understand? Because I want to say really quickly, the reason Stephen King has an issue with it is because The Shining for him, there's a lot of things that they change from the book. I mean, the mm-hmm. ending is totally different. Oh, okay. um, and they mm-hmm. miss a lot of the points that that a lot of what the novel was about is Stephen King talking about his own dad, like his, his own struggles with alcoholism and his own and that that kind of stuff. So and he felt that was really missing from the adaptation. Um, And that it didn't seem to have that heart to it. It just seemed to be like you didn't slowly watch Jack Nicholson. You didn't slowly watch Jack Torrance getting crazier and crazier. He just already was. And he hated that. And so I want to know, do you like The Shining? Do you like Stanley Kubrick's The Shining? I... I did like it, yeah, when I saw it. I haven't read the book, so now I'm really interested to read the book and see what the differences are and then see the new version. Um, because I had heard that he disliked it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's I can see why he didn't like it if 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 that's his reasoning. Because yeah, and there was no slow build up to none the at all <laughs> at all. It was just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can understand that. But yeah, that just that makes me actually interested now to read the book. So I may have to do that. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I I like it a lot, but it's hard sometimes to watch that also with. The thought in the back of my mind of how horribly Shelley Duvall was treated on that set. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people, you know, criticize that performance too and say she wasn't good. I think she is outstanding in that movie. I think she's so good. I I thought she was fantastic. And and knowing now how badly she was treated, Mm -hmm. a lot of that, a lot of that performance is probably real. Yeah you know, very real emotion because of the treatment that she was mm-hmm. experiencing. Cause he was, he was m- monstrous to her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He was so horrible to her. And there's this interview that she recently did, you know, because she's kind of gone off the grid mm-hmm. and it's this beautiful interview and very respectful of her and mm-hmm. doesn't treat her like a sideshow freak kind of thing, for lack of a better term. Because I think a lot of people kind of want to treat her that way. Yeah. And I really recommend – I wish I could remember who wrote it. I think it was for Vanity Fair. Was it for Vanity I Fair? I think it was, yeah. Because yeah, I've read so it too. Good. It was really good. So good. So go try and find that and read that because, you know, I mean, she's a very interesting human being. And, I, yeah, it's just, it makes me sad. So there's that part of me that kind of is watching it like maybe I shouldn't be watching this because of the way she was treated. Um, but what's interesting with Dr. Sleep is, since that is a sequel, you know, it's a sequel to, it's showing Danny Torrance as an adult, as Ewan McGregor is playing him. And they have, they actually combined the story. So even though Stephen King likes that and he was involved in it, he went, I understand we have to kind of bring, because everybody knows that story. So mm-hmm. he kind of allowed like bits from that one. They They had to have actors playing the characters, but they kind of intersperse that you'll you'll see when you watch the movie um but for everyone who's seen it you probably know that they'll they have like scenes with jack torrance that with an actor that's supposed to look like jack nicholson and then a couple of other things like that that they recreate 
Um, they recreate, like, I believe they have the bicycle scene, you know, with Danny riding his bike. So that's interesting is I don't know if, I mean, I can't remember. I, I know Stephen King spoke um, about this. I think it was actually at the shining thing. They like had a tape of him talking about it, that about Dr. Mm-hmm. Sleep. We're doing like a little clip preview of it before the shining. And I, th- and you know, I, I know he still does not like it, but I think he's made some kind of peace with it is what I get the feeling. Plus, right. like I said, Mike Flanagan, he knows how to add that. He knows how to adapt Stephen King books. I mean, mm-hmm. and plus he's a really really good horror filmmaker if you want to watch some really good horror i i highly recommend him he knows how to do horror so go see the go watch the movie oculus which is not a very well-known horror movie um he also did the movie hush which is i don't know if it's still on netflix but that's a really good one too those are some lesser known titles of his but um yeah he's really good so highly recommend him Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I want to ask, what are your least favorite adaptations? Well, the first one that comes to mind is the the, the new Stand miniseries, <laughs> which, for reasons that we've I've discussed before. Yeah, Under the Dome. I tried to watch that. Now I haven't read the book. I think I got about ten minutes into that one and went, "What is this? This is ridiculous. <laughs> it's just it's stupid." <laughs> And then my dad tried to watch it as well. And he told, he, he watched it and he told me the story and I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I stopped watching that because it's dumb. I'm one of the only people in the world that liked that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I need to give it another try, but yeah. No, everybody hates it. I I liked it. Everybody hates it. I don't, I don't know what it was. I just. I I just couldn't I just couldn't go on with that one and um I can't think of any other ones right now <laughs> but I really I really have a hate for the new the stand <laughs> a lot of people do <laughs> rightly so I'm sorry but rightly so that one was just terrible <laughs> yeah that's, that's what I've heard so I was looking for adaptations of Stephen King novels that I hadn't watched in a while to watch and this little gem of a movie oh no (laughs) i don't know if you've seen this sleepwalkers have you seen sleepwalkers i don't think so no i'm watching this and i'm like because i remember seeing this as a little kid in the movie theater and i'm watching this and i'm like oh my gosh how did i ever watch this movie (laughs) or how was this ever how did this ever get made because trigger warning here for incest people so sleepwalkers is about these creatures they're like mm-hmm. sleepwalkers. They're kind of like, I, I wouldn't say they're like skin, not really like skinwalkers, although it might be accused of being like that, but, and like cats like can attack them and kill them and stuff are like the only animals that really see who they are. So they walk around like people, they look like people, but they're actually like these weird creatures. Mm-hmm. And it's this mother and son and they have this incestuous relationship. And like, you see them have sex. Like they have a sex scene between them. Do they really like, need to do that? <laughs> I'm like, did we need to see this? Like, it's no, this a very no, graphic didn't. sex scene. They kiss, they dance, all this stuff. And I'm watching this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I remember I wrote out on Facebook. I'm like, I forgot how messed up this movie is. <laughs> so I said it because, and, you know, it's one of those two that, like, okay, so, like, he's trying to, I'm sorry, I'm going to totally spoil this for That's you, Paul. That's so I don't think I want to see movie. this one. <laughs> it's, it's on Hulu if you want to watch it, everybody. Mm, I don't think I really want to. <laughs> And so his mom is sick or dying or something. She needs to feed. Like they never really explain a lot. Like everything just happens really quickly in this movie. Mm-hmm. And so they've moved to a new town because they have to move after they kill a bunch of people. And the son is in high school. He's like a high school kid. And so he's supposed to be befriending this other teenage girl to basically bring her home to his mom to feed on kind of thing, like feed on her soul. Yeah. So, 
you're thinking this will be a slow buildup. They'll have a relationship and then he might even question it, whatever. Well, no, they go on one date and then he instantly starts attacking her. And then she like attacks him back. So it's like, there's no buildup in this movie. It just like goes straight to that. And there's never, (laughs) and there's never like this question of like, the son is never like, maybe I shouldn't be, you know, maybe what my mom is doing with me isn't right. Maybe we shouldn't be sleeping with each other, but maybe it's just a sleepwalker thing. (laughs) I mean, Wow. It's um, so messed that's up. That's bizarre. It's, it's so messed up. It's so horrible. Wow. Oh my gosh. It's so <laughs> So there you go, everybody. If you want to watch something with incest, <laughs> which I'm not encouraging you to want to watch. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, and they it's really so filmed disturbing. that scene. Oh my God. I was like watching like, this really came out in theaters. Like it was like one of those, like that was marketed to teen audience. It was Are like, you serious? <laughs> I remember I was really, I was younger. I was like preteen, I think or something. Yeah. They marketed you, it. to that. You would think, especially at that time that that would not have gotten past the censors without like an NC 17 rating just for that. Yeah. And it, I mean, granted, it's not like the most graphic sex scene I've ever seen yeah, at but all, still. but it's the fact that they actually had the sex yeah, scene. Yeah. Cause they, they slapped an NC 17 on movies for far less than that. Oh yeah. It was, it was, I was watching it like, and I was, t- I didn't go, I should have looked on IMDb to see any trivia and see if that was a big deal back then because I was like, seriously. So, and one of my friends said, you need to listen to the podcast episode of how the, how the fuck did this get made? You know, that that podcast? Because mm-hmm. I guess they do an episode on it. Because it makes sense to do an episode on it. Because I'm watching yeah. it like, how in the world did this ever... I, I don't know how it ever got made. But anyway, so I think that's actually wow. the worst. Just because I think the movie is so... It's so terrible. That The other one I wanted to mention... Oh, this was not too long ago on Netflix. In Into the Tall Grass or... Yeah, this movie, In the Tall Grass, which... Poor Patrick Wilson. I, I think Patrick Wilson is amazing and he's a great, a great addition to the horror family. I know he does other things, mm-hmm. but he's a great addition to that. We're going to be covering the Conjuring series and Insidious coming up in October. And I'm very excited about that. I just rewatched Insidious in preparation and I still think Insidious has hands down the best title sequence of any horror movie in recent years. But Patrick Wilson can't even save this movie. And it's it's based on a novella by Stephen King and it's called in the tall grass. And it's like these, you go into this, I can't even remember cause it was so bad, but you go in, it was laughable. Like I laughed a lot, like when you weren't supposed to be and it's, I'll read the description, but I think a lot of people agree on this. It's not, I don't think it's a very widely liked one. This is just the synopsis. When siblings, Becky and Cal hear the cries of a young boy lost within a field of tall grass, They venture in to rescue him only to become ensnared themselves by a sinister force that quickly disorients and separates them. And then they meet all these other families within the tall grass. And, and, you know, I I will admit one of my biggest fears in the world is like cornfields and big, big things like that and big open fields. And actually one of the first times I ever, I love horror, but it took me forever to go to a haunted house. Like I've been scared to death to go to them. And I didn't go to my first one until like, it was like 2019. And one of the first, and it was like three different things. And one of them was going through a corn maze. Oh my gosh. Was I terrified? Anyway. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm not a fan of, of haunted houses and mazes and things like that. No. Yeah. See, I can watch horror movies forever, but like, like I think children of the corn is legitimately terrifying because I think scary kids are like you said before, they're so scary. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if you're watching the new season of American horror story, which we are doing mm-hmm. live tweets of. Every Thursday, 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time <laughs> on Twitter. But there's an evil child in there. Like, she's oh, so creepy in the new season or the first part of the new season since this double feature. But anyway, but yeah, th- this movie is horrible. So I'll just mention those two because they're so bad that I've kind of forgotten about every other one. Um, but I did want to give a quick shout out again to a good, this is a good one. I think The Mist is really fantastic. I think The Mist is I one of the best. I haven't seen it yet. I liked the, the I love the book. Oh, it's so good. And this is a movie that, like I've said, my mom doesn't do horror movies. Well, this was around my birthday. And now, are, are you talking the original or the newer one? Because there's two. There's two I think, mi- ones? I thought I there was only there, one. I think there's two. I'm talking about the one that came out in like 2007. Because I, I think there was either... 
I think there was either a movie or a miniseries of several years ago. Oh, there was a TV. There was a TV series in 2017. That's right. Yeah. I never watched the TV series, but no, the Mist that came out in 2007. Yeah, because once again, that was Frank Darabont, who of course did Shawshank and Green Mile, so he knows how to do Stephen King as well. Mm-hmm. So I think him and Mike Flanagan are the best at adapting Stephen King. But my mom, like I said, doesn't do horror movies. Well, it was around my birthday and she's like, you know what? I want to go to a horror movie with you because I want to see what it's like going to a horror movie with you. And I went, well, this one she might be able to handle. And she went and saw it and she liked it. And so, and she doesn't remember this. I tell my mom, she's like, I didn't go see that. I'm like, yes, you did. (laughs) And for, so for me, it holds a very special place in my heart because of that, because I got to experience that with my mom and I've never experienced watching a horror movie with my mom before. And granted, this one I think is a lot easier for for someone mm-hmm. to watch that's not into horror. But it's such a it's so beautifully heartbreaking. It's such a heartbreaking story. I mean, the ending is so tragic, and I just I I just think it's so well done. So I just want to give a quick shout out to that because it also because it holds a special place in my heart, even though my mom doesn't remember this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this special memory, and she's like, "Well, I'm glad it's special for you." <laughs> like i probably blocked it because it's horror <laughs> now have, have you read the book for the mist i actually haven't okay so mm-hmm. i'm and i'm not going to spoil it for anybody else but i know that for that movie they did change the ending that's what i've heard yeah yeah so i haven't <laughs> seen that one yet that's why i was asking which version you had seen so yeah but uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I've heard that, and I've heard, and, and I think actually for the film one, they actually filmed a couple of different endings. Interesting. So I think they might have actually filmed that one, and then I, I and then like Frank Darabont really fought hard for the ending that they have in there. So that's that's interesting. Okay. Well, what I want to lastly, what I want to know is, are there any books, Paula, or any books that have been adapted that you want to see a different adaptation for, or a better adaptation, or just ones that haven't been? Adapted. Well, like I was saying before, you know, with the Dark Tower series, they did the movie and then they canceled the the, the TV series that was supposed to come after that, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of disappointed about now knowing what was the plan. Um, so I, I wish that somebody would, you know, pick that up again and 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 continue with that. Um, other than that, the the Talisman, I'd like to see that one done. And I just recently um, finished the Institute and that one was really interesting. And, and that would be, that would be an interesting one to see them do an adaptation of. I don't know if you're familiar with that one at all. I've, I've heard of, uh, yeah, but I don't remember it too well, but I am familiar with it even though. So it's, um, <laughs> you looked hesitant to tell me about it, but no, tell well, me about it. I, I don't want to give too much of it away. Yeah. So basically the Institute, they, they take kids that have special gifts and use those gifts if you will but i won't say why some of them escape ah okay okay and uh (laughs) the talisman's interesting um because it's it's kind of uh uh the the main character i can't remember his name because it's been a while since i've read that one um he he kind of shifts between worlds so you have Mm -hmm. you know like this world and then there's an alternate world where you have almost like a doppelganger. So if most people will have a, a twin, I guess, in the other world, and he doesn't have one, so he can physically change from this world to the other. And he kind of goes on a quest to save his huh. mother and the his his the queen of this other world. And it's it's very interesting. It's 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 kind of like an epic quest, and it's um. That would be an interesting one to see them do an adaptation of. Yeah, that's that's sound interesting. Yeah. You know, I tried to think about this one a lot and it was hard for me to think of one, but I, you know, I think actually, you know, what might be kind of interesting, even though it's already been adapted a couple times and everything, I think you could make Pet Cemetery into a series. Like mm. you could talk about like and it wouldn't even necessarily have to be just following, like, you know, just every episode is after the other episode. Like you could do like little chunks of like, you know, the first animal buried there and the first human buried there, like going into those more in depth. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be kind of an interesting series. I wouldn't say movie, but more like a mini series or something like maybe on Hulu or Netflix or something like that. That just kind of hit me that that might be kind of an interesting thing to watch. Mm-hmm. And even though, even though I, 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 
very, I hesitate to say this because I'm going to put it out in the world and it's going to happen. It's going to be horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would be interesting to do a misery story now set in present day, like not set back in the time of the novel, but I think it might be kind of interesting to do that. Maybe not even with a novelist being the person, like you could do like a blogger or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like a, a YouTube star or something. I'm not going to say podcaster because I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think that might be kind of an interesting update to it. And I, I hesitate to say that because I'm like, it'll probably happen. It'll be awful. But I just think that might be kind of an interesting thing to do a redo on. Yeah. And maybe Paula will like it. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I, I think it could be. I, I think that would be an interesting, interesting take on it. Mm-hmm. Well, because now with technology so different, mm-hmm. um, I just wonder if there would be different ways to try and outsmart Annie. And and even if you had it like, you know, because in Castle Rock, in the second season of Castle Rock was very much about Annie Wilkes before she became, I mean, she was still, you know, horrible, but I don't know if mm-hmm. you've watched Castle Rock at all. Um, it's actually, this first season was really good. I never finished the second season, but the second season is about Annie Wilkes. I mean, it's other people as well, but she's one of the main characters in there, mm-hmm. but it's young Annie Wilkes. Okay. So yeah. Which they, they touched on just a little bit in the novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's more a stretched out version of that. Uh, so they did that. So they kind of did it there, but I think just having one word is an updated version where, you know, you have more of the technology of today and seeing if that would factor in at all, you know? Right. I don't know. Like a different kind of celebrity taken. I don't know. I don't know. Just a thought I had. It it doesn't mean it has to be made Hollywood. (laughs) It just means that it might be kind of interesting. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but if it is made, we have a couple of directors that would do good at it. <laughs> That's true. You know, yes. You know, as you've said before, that they, they do really good adaptations. Yes. Yes. If you had Frank Darabont do it, Mike Flanagan, mm-hmm. I mean, they could probably do justice. So, yeah, they could probably pull it off. <laughs> we'll put that out there. But if you're going to do it, you have to tap one of them. Okay. Not the sleepwalkers director. Right. Yeah. If we're going to put that it was, out there, we need to put it out there with parameters. <laughs> That's very true. Very good point there. Yes. Cause you know, speaking of remakes, this is totally not Stephen King, but you know, it was announced today or well, since this is dropping Wednesday, it would have been on this past Friday. They're remaking the lost boys. Why? Exactly. I have a very, very hard time with this because I know it they've done sequels done. that I've never watched, but the Lost Boys is like, if you if you were a child in the 80s, this is, you don't touch this movie. No, there are <laughs> some movies you just don't touch. This is very upsetting to me. I had the poster for The Lost Boys above my bed. I, I you know, I, I just recently saw it at the drive-in this, this summer. And I, you don't, it just know this movie is so special. Oh. So... I know I just said these remakes, but I just want to put that out there that this was not a good idea. <laughs> no, no. And who knows? No, maybe it'll not. be good, but no, I mean, no. come on. <laughs> who are you going to get to play Kiefer Sutherland's character? I mean, come on. Unless, I mean, I didn't read the whole thing because it was pretty much right before we started recording that I just saw that and I went, um, no. no but nobody asked for this. <laughs> yeah. There are some things you just don't touch. We totally got off on a tangent there, but it kind of goes with it. So, yeah. Well, this this has been fun, and it's it's a short, short episode. And and the editor in me is very happy about this. <laughs> I can I, can I just throw out one thing, though? Yes, I please. Did read, yeah. um, I did read his, his book on writing, which was actually really mm-hmm. great. It was – the first part of it was like a memoir, and the second half was more uh, like writing workshop. Oh, really? So anybody that's, that's interested in like kind of – that side of things really great um i mean i would yeah we've been kind of critical of of his writing and whatnot but that doesn't mean that i wouldn't still love to sit in a room and chat with him because um you know it would be great and so yeah Yeah. um, if you're if you're interested in all in you know his story or you know how he writes and whatnot and then you you know like writing advice and whatnot it's it that's a great book Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, even though I'm critical of his books, it doesn't mean that he's not a good writer and that you couldn't learn from something from him as a writer. I think he would be someone that, I mean, I would, I don't know if he'd come on here after me being, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but I would love to interview him. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We'll go ahead and we're going to wrap up this episode, which, like I said, once again, my editor brain loves it when we have short episodes. I love talking for a long time, but I'm very fortunate. I, I really feel very blessed and lucky. And so I just want to thank people that have been on this podcast in the past, helped it all, including you, Paula, who has been my right-hand woman for our horror trivia event that's still going on. I just want to just say, I just thank you to anyone who listens to this and everybody that has shown me support through this. This is, you know, I, I just, I know this is weird to throw this out on a Stephen King episode, but I, I just feel very blessed and fortunate right now in my life. And so thank you so much, everybody. And, and thank you, Paula. And seriously, because, and I love that you've been on so many episodes recently, Paula. I want to say that it's been such a treat because I think you have a lot of great things to say. So thank you for coming on. And really thank you from the bottom of my heart <laughs> for the horror trivia thing, because like people can witness, there's no way I would, <laughs> we would be so screwed right now. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. And it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun to be on the podcast with you. And thank you for giving all of us the opportunity to come on here and, and give our opinions on all of these things. That's, it's oh, been, it's welcome. been a lot of, it's been a lot of fun for us and, and we see your passion and, and, and we share that passion. That's why we, that's why we want to do this with you. So awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That means, that means a lot. Okay. So Paula, let everybody know where they can find you. Okay. Um, you can find me on, uh, Instagram and Twitter at It's My Sandbox. Awesome. Thank you. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. I haven't been very active on there because I finished Gilmore Girls. Thank God. I, I, I've kind of slowed down on my Darren Chris tweets, everybody, but but he is releasing a Christmas album or released it or something. And I'm like, I'm still in my horror mood, but but I'm gonna I'm going to get that. I guess he has one that's signed. So if anybody wants to get me a birthday present, <laughs> there you go. Um, but I'm still very much into Finn Wittrock's beautiful, gorgeous hair. <laughs> I know that sounds really weird, but it's so gorgeous. Um, be sure to like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, feel free to reach out to us. It's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. Since this is dropping on Wednesday, so if you're only listening to this on Wednesday during the day or the night, this applies. But we are doing night four of our horror trivia event is tonight at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So that's 6 Pacific, 8 Central and nine Eastern. I know that's late for Eastern people, but we are doing night four, which is aliens. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but we're going to have um, Cameron from um, Green Shirt Podcast, which is a podcast that talks about Star Trek. So he's going to be on. So that's going to be our guest on that one. So, and then the other Aaron will be on that one. So the other Aaron who designed our amazing horror logo, which once again, if you want some merchandise with our horror logo, go to our Redbubble store. I love our horror logo so much that it's so hard for me to think about giving it up <laughs> soon. I'm like, I don't want to go back. I love the other one too, but I just, I just love it anyway. But so that'll be happening then. And then, um, so keep a lookout also for all the other nights. So we've got, a, you know, there's 10 nights of them. So we're coming up on night four. So there's still a bunch to go. So it'll be a lot of fun. I want to give a big correction. We were going to have our queer horror episode it was going to be our next episode. Well, because I really want Roman and Tyler to be on that. Roman and Tyler, who directed uh, Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street, also go listen to our interview with them because I love those guys so much. Well, we've had to reschedule things. So that one's not dropping on Friday. Instead, we're going to have our interview we did with Midian Crosby, Monster Midian Effects out of Atlanta. So she does special effects. She's worked on like The Walking Dead and The Haunting of Hill House, speaking of uh, Mike Flanagan, and a bunch of other things. She's incredibly, incredibly talented. She is also an incredibly talented chef. Um, and she, like I said, she's out of Atlanta. I've known her. I went to high school with her. So that's how I know her. Uh, but it's a really good interview. So that will be dropping on Friday instead. That was going to be the week after, but it's going to be dropping on Friday. So just to let you know, that's a little change in our schedule. So then the following week, we will have Queer Horror followed by our Candyman episode. 
So it should be a lot of fun. And then we're going to get into the supernatural episodes or the paranormal episodes, I should say, so people don't get confused. But the paranormal horror episodes and then the slasher horror episodes. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited. We're all about horror. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.